As the rector of St. Bride's Church, Fleet Street, I warmly welcome you to this service, which is brought to you while our doors are closed due to the coronavirus outbreak. It has been collated from our archive of live choral music, together with readings, prayers, and a sermon recorded for this service. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, Remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this Trinity Sunday. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, 
and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God the Father forgives us in Christ and heals us by the Holy Spirit. Let us therefore put away all anger and bitterness, all slander and malice, and confess our sins to God, our Redeemer. As we say together, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternally, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us, your servants, grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and in the power of the divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith that we may evermore be defended from all adversities through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, beginning at the 12th verse. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or, as his counsellor, has instructed him? Whom did he consult for his enlightenment? And who taught him the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Even the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as dust on the scales. See, he takes up the isles like fine dust. Lebanon would not provide fuel enough, nor are its animals enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youth will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like angels. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not this is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is taken from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 13, beginning at the eleventh verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order, listen to my appeal, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, Amen. One of the pleasures associated with being Rector of St Bride's is that, like our regular tour guides here, I occasionally have the opportunity to show visitors around our amazing church building with its extraordinary history, which is always a joy and a delight. As our regular congregation members will know, huge fun can be had by inviting visitors to stand at the back of the church and admire the painting in the curved apse above the high altar, depicting the Holy Spirit, the celestial choir, and various angels, beneath which can be seen two stone alcoves containing statues of Moses and Aaron. The fun part being that, thanks to the extraordinary skill of the artist, Glyn Jones, it is all an optical illusion. There is no curved apse at all. It is in fact a flat wall. Nor are there any alcoves or statues. They too are painted on to the same flat surface. And it's fascinating to observe our visitors' faces moving from disbelief to puzzlement to astonishment as they walk right up to the wall itself and discover the truth for themselves. Because from the back of the church, they were confident that they knew what they were seeing. In fact, they did not. In my previous church in Edgbaston hung an oil painting of one of my illustrious predecessors as vicar there, a portrait that used to spook all the groups of school children that I took round, because wherever you stood, straight in front of the painting, or to the far left, or to the far right of it, the vicar's face turned to look at you. By which I don't mean that his eyes followed you, I mean his whole face turned. And however closely you looked, it was impossible to work out quite how the portrait painter had done it. Some of you will be familiar with the extraordinary work of the Dutch graphic artist M.C. Escher, who is most famous for producing 
what are sometimes referred to as his impossible constructions, visual conundrums showing, for example, a flight of stairs that appears to go both up and down simultaneously. Escher takes very familiar structures and then, with consummate skill, plays with them, challenging the boundaries of what we regard as normally possible in the process. I was reflecting on these artistic phenomena when thinking about today, Trinity Sunday, because although the parallel is far from exact, it does seem to me that there's an interesting point of contact with the notion of God as Trinity, which is to do with the elusive nature of God. God who passes all understanding, yet who can be known to us, limited human beings though we are. Reflecting on my own life of faith, I can remember revelatory moments when the reality of God's presence was indisputably close, and yet it was never containable, because one always knew that such a momentary glimpse was only ever a drop of water in a vast, unending sea. There is a conundrum at the heart of our attempts to speak about God and the things of God. On the one hand, we have to use human language and imagery with all its inbuilt limitations in order to say anything at all about God, because that is all we have at our disposal. And yet, God will, by definition, transcend any analogy that we attempt to use of him. Indeed, my very use of the masculine pronoun in that statement when referring to God itself invites challenge. But that is precisely where an understanding of the Holy Trinity comes in helpful. Every year I remind myself of the observation made by the 17th century priest and poet John Donne that the Holy Trinity is there not in order to make the idea of God more complicated, but rather to make it more simple. Think about scripture for a moment. It is in scripture that we encounter God as Father, the creator of all things. It is in scripture that we encounter God the Son, our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And it is in scripture that we encounter the Holy Spirit, the power of God at work in the world, inspiring and encouraging and empowering people to do God's will. Sometimes the Bible speaks of these three as if they are distinct from one another. Hence, we are shown the Son praying to the Father and the Spirit empowering the Son. At other times, they are referred to as if they were one and the same, as when Jesus tells the disciples, whoever has seen me has seen the Father, and declares, the Father and I are one. And yet, what does not exist anywhere in Scripture is a carefully honed doctrine of the Trinity, nor any clear explanation of how these three realities of God 
which at times might appear in tension or even mutually contradictory, fit together. In our Gospel reading today, in which we heard the closing verses of Matthew's Gospel, the risen Lord commands his followers to go and make disciples of all nations and to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But that text is an extremely rare example in Scripture of what we would now call a Trinitarian formula. A God who is mighty and powerful might easily seem far removed from us and difficult to love. A God who is remote from the complex and broken reality that is the stuff of our daily lives. Were it not for the fact that God also makes himself known to us as the Son, who not only came to earth and dwelt among us, but who experienced the full reality of human life with all its sorrows and hardships and pain and heartache, and did so on precisely the same terms on which we ourselves experience them. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And our experience of God the Father and God the Son would be incomplete without God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who blasts through our lives when we least expect it, who disturbs our complacency and overturns our priorities and sets us ablaze with the love of God, the Spirit who brings us comfort when we are afraid, who strengthens us when we face tasks that feel beyond us and who prays both for us and from within us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Our understanding of God is inadequate, impoverished and distorted without all three. Without the fullness and richness of the Trinity, we would fail to do justice to the Christian experience of God throughout the centuries. God the Creator, God the Redeemer, God the Sustainer. God is so much bigger than any one model or image or experience or name could ever hope to encapsulate. The Bible reflects the lived experience of a people who encountered God in all of these realities. And yet not even scripture attempts to suggest that there can be a neat and tidy explanation of how they all fit together. For the simple reason that if there were a neat and tidy explanation, it would not be God that was being explained any more than you, you can come up with an adequate definition of love. Trying to find a way of fitting all our insights about God together neatly is a bit like trying to make sense of an M.C. Escher graphic. Sometimes the wisest and most creative response is simply to step back, slightly bewildered, and say, Wow. 
A moment ago, I mentioned love, which is undoubtedly the best place for me to draw this sermon to a close, because ours is a God of love. And whatever else you might say about love, it can only ever exist in relationship. A love shared equally between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is a love that is dynamic, a love that is unending, a love that is full to overflowing, a love that spills over and floods the world, and a love that is that powerful and that generous and that boundless cannot help but transform our lives too. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. On this Trinity Sunday, we have come before you, Lord, to offer our praise and adoration. You are God, the Creator, giving us richly all things to enjoy. You are Christ, the Saviour of the world, made flesh to set us free. You are the Spirit of truth and love, willing to dwell in us. You are holy and blessed. One God, eternal Trinity, be near to us the people formed in your image, and close to the world your love brings to life. Lord, we pray for your church throughout the world, for those churches that are thriving, and those which may have lost a sense of direction during the pandemic. We give thanks for our church and its people, and gladly acknowledge all the gifts you have given us through its life. We ask you to open wide our hearts that we may virtually welcome the stranger and share our faith with others.
Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord of the universe, we praise you for your creation. You have provided us with everything we need for life and health. Grant that the resources of the earth may neither be hoarded by the selfish nor squandered by the foolish, but that all may share your gifts. And we pray for all who bear the responsibility of leadership. Give them a vision of peace and reconciliation. And we pray especially at this time for the people and leaders of the United States of America. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We remember this morning those who are sick, sad or lonely, and those who are brave and patient when things go wrong. We pray that they may be aware of your comforting presence and know that in your hands they are safe and loved. Lord, we pray for all those whose life is saddened by the death of a loved one. Be with them in their loneliness and let them know that Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light which no darkness can quench. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We remember before you, Lord, those who have died or who are approaching the end of this life. We pray for them and cast in our minds the candle alight in St Bride's, symbolising the light of Christ, which eternally shines and brings hope. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of delight, your wisdom sings your word at the crossroads where humanity and divinity meet. Invite us into your joyful being, where you know and are known in each beginning, in all sustenance, in every redemption, that we may manifest your unity in the diverse ministries you entrust to us, truly reflecting your triune majesty in the faith that acts, in the hope that does not disappoint, and in the love that endures. As we say together, Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father. Peace from his Son, Jesus Christ, who is our peace. Peace from the Holy Spirit, the life-giver. The peace of the triune God be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because you have revealed the glory of your eternal fellowship of love with your Son and with the Holy Spirit three persons equal in majesty, undivided in splendor, yet one God, ever to be worshipped and adored. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. 
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, you have revealed yourself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and live and reign in the perfect unity of love. Hold us firm in this faith, that we may know you in all your ways and evermore rejoice in your eternal glory who are three persons, yet one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us 
with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. the Holy Trinity make you strong in faith and love, defend you on every side, and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>